Welcome to today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light. Sun, Salt, and Light, S-O-N, knowing and growing in your daily relationship with Jesus Christ, but also being the salt and the light in your marriage, in your family, at your place of work, at your church, and even in the community you're in. I'm Pastor Michael Petit. This is a radio ministry of our church, Calvary Chapel Divine, here in Divine, Texas. We are so glad that you joined us for today's broadcast. We are a Calvary Chapel, so we simply teach the Bible verse by verse, chapter by chapter. We believe that God uses His Word to transform, restore, and to change lives one verse at a time. If you're visiting our area, you'd like to get information about our church or church service times, maybe even track down some of the other teachings that we have available through podcasts, whether it's through Audible or Spotify or Apple Podcasts, you can do all of that at our church website at calvarydivine.org. That's calvarydivine.org. Today we'll continue the book by W. Philip Keller, A Shepherd Looks at Psalm 23. Our study today is in chapter 3, He Makes Me Lie Down in Green Pastures. Here is the first half of this two-part study. So, tonight... We're in chapter 3. We're uh, in the book by W. Philip Keller, A Shepherd Looks at Psalm 23. Uh, just a kind of brief overview. Uh, Philip Keller is actually, W. Philip Keller actually, in his early days, bought sheep and was a shepherd. And then later on, he became a pastor. And so the, the things that he recognized from Scripture and from the psalm, is how he came about writing the book. And so, as we look at chapter 3, we're looking at four factors that we have to look at that cause sheep anxiety. And it's important for us to understand, it's like you're, you're not able to lay down in green pastures if you're in fear or friction or you're dealing with, uh, you're not free of pests uh, or, or you're feeling hungry. And, and we'll talk about that because I think when we see that, everybody in America always thinks they're hungry, right? So I just think at the end of the day, you know, we, we, we need to remember that there's been a great deal of fear. Uh, if you just think about 2019 and 2020 and how much fear people went through and how, how many followers of Christ took their eyes off of the shepherd because they were so focused on what was being put out and not focused on God. Um, and, and so we deal with fear all the time. Uh, we dealt with fear as we planted this church. But how do you overcome fear? By faith. By faith. It's by faith. And in Matthew chapter 11, verses 1 through 11, uh, we see here it says, Now it came to pass when Jesus finished commanding his 12 disciples, he departed from there to teach and to preach in their cities. And when John had heard in prison about the works of Christ, he sent two of his disciples. And he said to him, are you coming? Are you the coming one or do, you, do we look for another? So what we see that's happening in this is, is John the Baptist has actually been arrested. John the Baptist has been arrested for standing up and saying what was right, uh, and, and, and actually uh, calling out somebody's sin. So he was arrested for it. And now he's been in, in jail for some time. He's in a, a little damp, dungy jail, and, and we don't know if it's been weeks or months. 
that this has been going on. He's been sitting there and he's starting to wonder because the enemy's starting to get in his head and he's starting to wonder, did I baptize the right person? Because I thought you were just going to go ahead and take over, right? They, they were all in, in thoughts of having the Messiah be the king of kings who, who takes over Rome. And that's what their thoughts of was it uh, of it. And so he's sitting there thinking, why am I in prison? Right? And, and so it's a, a reminder to us that sometimes when we step out in faith, there's going to be things that happen that will cause you to have fear, even though you're doing what you were called to do. And like, why is this happening? And, and John the Baptist is, is we're going to continue reading this. Because uh, we're going to see how Jesus answers him with Scripture. He just points back to the prophecies that were being fulfilled. In verse 4 it says, Jesus answered and said to them, Go tell John these things which you hear and see. The blind see, and the lame walk, and the leopards are cleansed, and the deaf hear, and their dead are, the dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. And blessed is he who is not offended because of me. And they departed, and Jesus began to say to the multitudes concerning John, What did you go out in the wilderness to see, a reed shaken by the wind? But what did you go out to see, a man clothed in soft garments? Indeed, those who wear soft clothing are, the, are in the king's house. But what did you go out to see, a prophet? Yes, I say to you, and more than a prophet, for this is he of whom is written, Behold, I send a messenger before your face who will prepare... Your way before you, and surely I say to you, among those who are born of women, there has, uh, there has not risen one greater than John the Baptist. But he who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than thee. He, he draws him to, uh, to Scripture. Jesus answered them, and he, and he gives them that piece of information to take back to John. But what happens is, then he goes on to talk about how great John was, right? He goes on to, to talk about how great John was, and uh, the, the disciples of John had already left. They didn't hear all of that. But what John needed to hear was from Jesus, the scriptures, that the prophets, that, that what the prophets had said, everything that's supposed to be done is being done. So how do you overcome your fear? By knowing the word of God. Going to the Word of God. Remember, if, 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 if God, you know, sent His Son, the Logos, and He is the Word, that's what you go to. He is the shepherd. God wants so much more for us to walk through this life full of fear and worry without anxiety. The only fear He wants you to have is in reverence of Him. That's it. In Philippians chapter, chapter 4, uh, verses 6 through 9, it says, Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let, us, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are good, report. If there is any virtue, if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. These things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. So he's telling you to, to free up that, that, that anxious mind, to free up that, 
that mind that's, that's becoming depressed is like the first step is, is you need to fix your thoughts on Christ and look at the promise of heaven. But I love that because we always share, you know, that first part about be anxious for nothing but in everything and by prayer and supplication, but we never finish it in verse 8, do we? Whatever things are just because God is just. Whatever things are pure because He's holy. Again, these are His attributes. Whatever things are lovely, God is love. Whatever things are good, God is goodness. He's telling you, like, these things are the things that you meditate on. That's what's going to help somebody when they're struggling with anxiety, when they're struggling in fear. Fear of the things that are going on in the world. Fear of the things that are happening in their marriage or their family. It's going to be God's Word. John 14, verses 1 and 2 says, uh, Let not your heart be troubled. You believed in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so... I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. Last night I had a dream. I don't know what happened. Um, when I think about this, and now I know why this happened. Because in the dream, uh, we were on a mission trip. We had a car full of kids. And there was a bad flood. We were somewhere up in West Virginia, Kentucky somewhere. And um, we got stuck, got out, and we were following the police. Crossed the bridge, and the bridge went out. And the, the cops went over, and then we went over. Now, I started unlocking my buckle, because I'm like, if we, if we hit that water, we're dead, because we're not going to be able to get out of this vehicle. Somebody has to be able to open the door, do whatever. And so I started unbuckling my buckle, and then one of the kids come flying forward. I grabbed him by the hand, and we start falling. And we still got a long way to go. I got the whole Our Father who art in heaven out, the whole thing. And I'm like, at some point, we're off to our mansion. We're off to heaven. And then we hit the water. And I was like, okay, I guess that's not happening. <laughs> but it's, it's a reminder, like, no matter, even in your dreams, you have the Word of God stored on your heart. Even in your dreams. Do you? Because I was like, man, at some point, I, I just figured, okay, God, if this is it. Let's go. Even in the dream. If this is my last breath here on earth, I'm with you, so it's okay. And, and so we have to remember when we're restless, because the flock gets restless, and they get agitated. And when they're agitated, they start to get anxiety, and that's what Philip Keller was talking about. It's like we have to be able to overcome our fear with the reverence of God, right? And so one of the things I, I, I love that he wrote, and this is from W. Philip Keller, he says, he makes me lie down. In the Christian life, there is no substitute for the keen awareness that our shepherd is nearby. There is nothing like Christ's presence to dispel the fear and the panic and the terror of the unknown. You think about, you know, the, we went through a lot of complexities and things that we had happen in our lives, and there was a lot of unknown that has happened over the last few years, but it's, it's a reminder that uh, we should be seeking first the kingdom of God. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 33 through 34, it says, But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. It's like focus on the challenges that you have now. 
Okay? And what do you do when you have those challenges? Seek first the kingdom of God. So often what we do is we seek first the world or seek first Instagram or seek first Facebook, right? We're looking for some, I don't know what you're trying to find. You know, maybe there's some devotional thing that's going to help you. It's like, no, you have the word of God. You have the, you have the shepherd. You have his presence. So you have the Holy Spirit. And, and so, you know, for a fearful heart, we have Christ. And he will quietly come to reassure you. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, it says, For God has not given us a spirit, uh, a spirit of fear, but, but of power and, and of love and of sound mind. Timothy was a, a young man who was really timid and fearful. This thing's going to drive me crazy. I think this thing got broke. You know, I'm going to have to. Yeah, it's working here, but it's, it's not staying up. Something's off. But Timothy was a, a fearful man. Young man, actually. And, and with him being fearful, Paul is, is going back and telling him, Hey, look, you, you have the Spirit of God in you. And, and you have that power, and you have the love of God, and you, should, you, you, you need to have a sound mind. And it's going to be given to you by the Holy Spirit. In Psalm chapter 4, verse 8, it says, I will, lie, I, will, uh, I will both lie down in the peace and sleep, for you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. David's confidence is in God alone, and that's where our confidence should be as well. It's God that allows us to lie down. It's God that allows us to have sleep. It's God that allows us to, to find peace in the midst of distress. Remember who you are and whose you are. You are a child of God. You are His. So remember who you are and remember whose you are. You belong to God. So when you have that fear, you need to seek God first. Right? We seek so many other things in the world, but we don't seek God. Seek first the kingdom of God. Your fear should be in the reverence of God, not the world. And you overcome fear by faith. Remember that. The other thing that he said was friction. Friction happens in, in animals, and, and we see this all the time. He talked about chickens and the, the pecking order. And if you have more than one dog, dogs try to... There's always one that's more dominant that, that kind of leads the pack. And, and so friction is something that unfortunately happens quite a bit. And whether it's in a marriage or it's in, uh, in your family uh, or even in the church, uh, what happens is when you have friction, you have, like he talks about here, is he had this old domineering you and she would want what she wanted. And when she didn't get it, she would butt heads and knock, people, knock the, the other sheep down. So that way she could have the best bed, the bed area, the best grazing. And, and she, was, she was number one. And behind her, there's a, a whole other click, right? Everybody's trying to be the second. If I'm not the top, I want to be the number two. If I'm not the number two, I want to be number three. And, and so that friction is what causes problems. And we have to be very careful with that, not only in our, in our lives, but also because if, if he makes you lie down in green pastures, if you have a lot of friction in the house or you have a lot of friction in your marriage, you're not going to find rest. You won't find it.
You're going to constantly be fighting and, and, and you know, it's, it's again, who's going who's gonna to lead the house? Uh, I hate to tell you, if you're married, it's the husband. And I know women don't want to hear that, but God has made them the pastor of the home. There is no pecking order that's supposed to happen. And when, when, when the woman leads the house, it creates problems within the marriage and within the family. And, and so the husband has to be the pastor of the home, meaning that he makes the final decisions. He prays over him, he makes the final decisions. Now, you may have uh, your spouse may be better at the books or doing finances, so she's in charge of that. And you, you turn that over to her. That's, that's your thing. I trust you with that. You're my, my spouse, you're my wife. I, like, even though I say that I lead the home, that goes totally against our culture right now. Totally. There's friction in the church over this because women want a pastor. <laughs> Scriptures tells you you can't. You can't. You can pastor women's ministry. You can pastor children's ministry. You can pastor youth. And, and, and at the end of the day, you'll never have to have the opportunity to lead, hopefully, in Calvary Chapel because that's not, that's not what Scripture says. It doesn't mean that you're not, I mean, there's some women that are great teachers, don't get me wrong, but it tells you that. And so when we think about friction, just think about that one issue and how much friction is, just look at the SBC, the Southern Baptist Conference, and Rick Warren, and how much friction came from that one decision. But you have to ask the question. When you see something like that happen, why did Rick Warren do it on the way out the door when he's retiring? Why did, why did he do it when it goes against the bylaws of SBC? See, nobody thought about all that stuff. Like, if you want to do that, because that's what's wrong with the global network. That's what they want to do as well. If you want to do those things, then you need to step away from SBC and start your own thing. And go whatever direction that you need to go. But you don't drag the whole, the whole thing through it. Ended up in all the papers and stuff. But it's a reminder that friction even happens in the church. Because everybody's wanting to be number one. And if you ever watch the video with Rick Warren, as he's upset and he's trying to get his, his view across, it's not good because you have this friction within that room. You can see it. And it's sad because as a church, that shouldn't be happening. As sheep, we shouldn't. We have the Word of God. We go by what God's Word says. And, and that's how we lead. And, and so when we talk about the way that God's intention is the man to lead the home, when we get to Ephesians chapter 5, we'll talk about all of that. And why? It's, it's, it's important to understand. I mean, it's this, again, these are... You say something like that, and, and I can tell you right now, Instagram will lose their mind. Because progressive Christians are, are all about, we need to give those roles to women. You can't say that a husband's the, the head of the house. That goes against the culture. But it, 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 it actually, you know, now, it, 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 when we say the head of the home or the pastor of the home, it's in Scripture. So when, a, when, a, when the woman tries to take the lead, it creates problems in the home. 
it doesn't mean that you're not part of the decision process, the, the, you know, the, the prayer process, all of that stuff. I mean, my wife is smarter than me in, on almost every category. And so I need to hear everything she has to say. I need to hear her heart on the decisions we make. And then I pray about it. I seek God, and then we, we move forward. One of the things that she always says is it's such, an e it's such a place of ease because she don't have to worry about it. It's on me. <laughs> I'll be the one answering to God later. And, and so it, it, when we look at this, friction happens in our homes. It happens at work. It happens in the church because we're, we, we can't lie down. Are we wanting our way? Are we wanting to be the, the number two? Are we wanting to be the lead? Are we wanting, what is it that you're, you're pushing towards? And why are you bumping into all the other sheep and causing them not to be able to rest? That's what the friction is. Ezekiel chapter 34 verses 14 through 15 says, I will feed them in the good pasture and their fold shall be on the high mountain of Israel. They shall lie down in the good fold and feed in rich pastures on the mountains of Israel. I will feed my flock, and I will make them lie down, says the Lord God. See, when we try to stand up and, and always seem like we have to contest everything or defend everything, we don't need to. We have God. We have the good shepherd. You know, as, as David was dealing with uh, Abishai, the son you see that in 2 Samuel chapter 16, verses 9 through 16, then Abishai, the son of Zariah, said to the king, Why should this dead dog curse my lord the king? Please let me go over and take off his head. So David's guys are ready to just kill the guy. Right? He's like, We're done. I know that's your son. I don't care. Let's just take his head off. Right? And then he says, But the king said, What, what I've had done to you, uh, done to you with you, you sons of Zariah, so let him curse, because the Lord has said to him, Curse David. Who then shall say, Why have you uh, done so? And David said to Abishai and all the servants, See how my son who came from my own body seeks my life. And how much more now the Benjamite, let him alone, let him curse, for so the Lord has ordered him. He's like, there's three things that are happening in here as we see friction. Friction is an encounter where you're something that God's allowed or Satan's doing or it's just the world. We see friction in the world today. But I think what happens is God allows some friction to happen because he's growing us as Christians. How are you going to respond? See, it's, it's Abishai is a great example because what does Abishai do? He's ready to chop somebody's head off. That's his first reaction. Is that a good reaction? No. That's just going to create more friction. It's going to cause a war, right? And that's not what he wants to do. We need to overcome friction by being stable in our walk. In 1 Corinthians 15, 58, it says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that, that uh, your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Be stable. You're going to have friction in the world. Just think about your car brakes, right? When you're driving, you're going to, the slow down, what does it have? Friction. It has friction. And, and so 
we need to remember that friction is going to happen at times, but we need to not be trying to keep up with the Joneses, right? Somebody in the church does something, they get a car, or they do something happen. Oh, I'm going to get a car too because they got one. Are, are this family's, well, the, the, you know, they let their daughter do this, so we need to let ours do it too. And you're just trying to keep up with them. That's not what we do. We struggle for status no matter, and, and I love that he talked about that because we do. We all want to be the top sheep. We all do. We butt heads. We quarrel. We're all trying to, to get ahead at times. And when that happens, people get hurt. And that's where I love what Philip Keller says. This is where petty thieves grow into horrible hate. It is where ill will and contempt come into being. The place where heated rivalry and deep discontent is born. It is here that discontent gradually grows into a covetous way of life where one has to be forever standing up for himself, for his right standing up uh, just to get ahead of the crowd. And I love what he said. He goes, the sheep that, that are at, at rest are the ones that don't have the friction. The ones that are usually in the back of the pack. They're not trying to, to fight for all that stuff. Well, that concludes today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light Radio. We hope that you enjoyed it. If you'd like to submit a prayer request or get in contact with us or find out service times, you can do all of that at our website, uh, as well as get uh, our podcast at Spotify, Audible, TuneIn Radio. Pretty much wherever you can find a podcast, uh, you, you can just type in Sun, Salt, and Light, and you'll find it. 